The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Wrestling Talk right here on the network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts alongside, as always, Mr. Chris Chavez. That's me. And Mr. Johnny Townsend. Big Papa Pump was my hookup, and that's why I can't do math. <laughs> is that what you told your your teachers? They're like, Johnny, why are you not getting this? Big Papa yeah. Pump is my tutor. <laughs> he told me everything I know. Holla if you hear me. Oh man, that is some. That is something. That is something. It is. You know what was cool it today? Uh, I'm just going to jump What's right that? into it. I was at work today amid the coronavirus, um, but I was at a at a like separate location, pretty much by myself. I had Anthony was working uh, in the same room as I, but I got it was it was kind of nice. I got a chance to work, but while I was working, I was watching old school wrestling. I had old NWA World Championship wrestling up on YouTube. That's does that sounds like a really nice day. I Good can't times. believe you get paid for it. Can't uh, yeah, believe you I, get paid to do it. I totally got paid to well, I was doing work, but to have that on in the background. And I just love that old school style, man. The nineteen eighties, like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and and I was looking at something that somebody posted a picture of Arn Anderson uh at thirty years old and he literally oh. looks like what he looks like now. He hasn't yeah. aged. He's like Nicolas Cage. He just hasn't aged. Or he aged too soon and then just stopped. <laughs> yeah, it's one or the other. <laughs> he's 30 looking like he's 52, and then I it can... was just like that the rest of his life. I want to see a high school like senior picture of Aaron Anderson and see what he looks oh, like. Oh, yeah, we got to look that up. I, I I would bet it's pretty damn close to what it is now. <laughs> uh, I would put money on it. but Don't they have like a shirt? It's like the the many emotions of Arn, and they're all just like the same face. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. they do. I'm I think sure they, they do. do. <laughs> it sounds about right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so here we are in the pro wrestling world. Things are happening, uh, but yet still very very weird. There's some news and stuff to talk about in brief. First and foremost, WrestleMania. Uh, you guys heard of this uh, this main event? bluster going on. Roman Reigns is officially out of his heavyweight uh, title match uh, against I thought, Goldberg. I kinda, for, for a second, it kind of sounded like you were setting up a bit to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> have you guys heard of this? Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this? I'm here on Thursday. I'm here on Thursday. Oh, oh. I'm funny. Uh, yeah, so Roman is out. Uh, he wisely requested. Wisely. I, I give him, like, this is, like, really smart on his part and good on WWE oh, yeah. for uh, giving it to him that time off but uh as we all know last i think it was last year last summer roman wayne roman wayne's uh roman reigns <laughs> battled leukemia uh it went into remission but of course because of that his immunities are uh are a little uh they're complicated on the low side, they're on yeah. the low side. it's making him at high risk for this uh this event so he requested, and it was granted. So he will no longer be in the title match against Goldberg uh, at WrestleMania. At, currently, at the moment, this has already been taped, apparently. But uh, his, wow. yeah, it's so weird. It is so weird. Uh, and his replacement, however, is uh, is Braun Strowman. Goldberg and Braun Strowman, the match you never oh, wanted to see. The internet is going to love this. Oh, they already love it. This this is like an internet person's internet troll's wet dream just happened right here. Gold. It's like it's it's like wrestling fans said uh, coronavirus wasn't enough, right? Twenty twenty, you got to give yeah. us this as the main event. I know. It, I'm in in one corner, the man, the myth, Bill Goldberg, and on the other corner. A man who shamed indie wrestlers who live their dream and can't can't make a dollar anymore. Braun Strowman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wasn't that just weird? It's like uh. I don't understand. And look, he's he actually is from not too far from where I'm from, so I want to be represented well. And he's not doing a great job. No, uh, man, I just don't 
understand how out of touch you can be. <laughs> it's not that hard to just think of other people before you open your dumb mouth. That was my god. That was the epitome. Is like that was dumb. That was real yeah. dumb. Because uh, I mean, I like back in the day, like eighties, nineties, wrestlers would do that crap all the time. They they throw everything away. They were getting paid a little bit better back then, but they would throw their lives away for this sort of thing. Yeah. And for him, Braun, who spent no time at the independent level. Boom. No time. That's the thing that like infuriates me about how mm-hmm. the pro wrestling system is nowadays. But it's only with WWE, though. Granted, uh, AEW's not doing this. A lot of other places aren't doing this. WWE, they're, they, their feeder, their NXT, gets fed through various other professional athletes and people coming out of college that have never done pro wrestling before. Um, yeah. Am- like co- collegiate wrestlers that are going on to the Olympics, football players, uh, and, and so much more. That's where they come from. So they don't know the struggle. Uh, and, and WWE has given these guys like this uh, this sense of entitlement, uh, I guess is the word. You know, they never really paid their dues before uh, in the in the, the difficult sense. Of course, Braun has paid some dues being in WWE, but... Uh, mm, still. Yeah. I mean, look, still. let's be honest, okay? Uh, Vince McMahon changed it. He decided to change it. He decided when it was no longer going to be considered wrestling. It was no longer going to be considered an actual sport, an actual physical competition. And he decided that it's going to be considered entertainment. He decided these people are going to be considered entertainers. So he's not even looking for athletes. He's not looking for these guys that are paying their dues. He's looking for guys that are drawing crowds or can draw a crowd, who can entertain, who can perform. Um, and that's why he has no problem pulling guys from the indies that have already proven that they're pulling money and, and technically, you know, they really don't need the E now, but you, that's, that's when he'd pull those guys. But if, if he could pull Gronk in and make Gronk a star, who's never, I mean, done what these guys do day in and day out. Now, there is that same sort of lifestyle, that living on the road lifestyle, but it's not the same. No. Drunk is not, you know, packed into a three-seater car uh, with the heat broken in the middle of winter on a on a donut tire, trying to make it from one city to the other just to get a hot dog and a drink, bro. Yeah, he's not, and he'll never. No. Yeah, they'll never know that experience. They pay, get paid good money, yeah. uh, but but also at the same time. And I agree with all that. But also, at the same time, I don't blame those people for taking that opportunity oh, no. presented to them. No. I, I mean, I would do the same if I was that lucky. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. Exactly. But he can't open his mouth. He can't talk shit and tell these kids how to live or what they're doing or, or what's going on because he he has no right. He's not been there. It's kind of it's kind of the same when, you know, uh, like all your friends have kids. And then you make a comment about kids, and they're like, "You can't talk about kids. You don't. If you don't. If you're not a parent, it's that true. Type though. Of thing. It legit. And is I'm true. like, I can though. I can. I have the right. I might be ignorant. Yeah, but yeah. I can flip and talk about it. Yeah, that is. I mean, you're right. Yeah, he does have a right. He also has a right to be called an idiot about it. Oh yeah. Oh, he's sure. been getting. Trashed. He has a right. He has a right to talk, and we have a right to trash him for it. Exactly. Yeah, he's been getting tr- yeah. trashed by the a lot of indie wrestlers have just been going in on him, uh, and deservedly so. It's yeah, but that's that's your WrestleMania main event. Woo! Uh, what are the other matches that they've announced? Like I don't like, again. I have no, way back when when I said I was going to stop watching the E, it wasn't a joke. I stopped. I did get the network again, but it was just so I could watch old school stuff. Uh, I have not seen anything happening in the E currently in easily six months now, seven months. Uh, so the, what the, else is happening? The only match that I would even look forward to. Uh, and that's from the ones that I can even think of off the top of my head would be the Randy Orton Edge match, and that's just because those two guys have done a, a fantastic job of building that up. Like their promos have been stellar. Oh, nice. Uh, but other than that, I can't off the top of my head even remember what the other ones are. I'll read them off for you right now because actually WrestleMania is supposed to take place next weekend. There is still a chance that it gets canceled. Keep in mind too because they're doing it in Orlando, uh, and there's rumors that Orlando might be in complete lockdown. Uh, wait, no, they're pre-taping right now. Duh. It's uh, pre-taped. There's ass. actually news came uh, out that there was someone else who was pulled out of uh, out of WrestleMania. Did you see this? Uh, yeah, there's been uh, f- The Miz. Oh. The Miz was pulled. He's not a part of it. Huh. He was sick. So he's pulled off Uh-oh. the show. Yep. Interesting. Uh-oh. All right. Well, it, says anyone, well, it, it says anyone who's showing any sign of illness is not allowed in the performance center at all. 
I'll tell you this, and this is the truth. My dad uh, works at a uh, at SureTape, and that's like a really they're like a really big provider of mm-hmm. uh, different types of uh, adhesive tape. And they're technically considered like he still has to go to work, but before he can even walk into the building every day, every morning, they legit take his temperature. I wish they did that at my agency. I can't. That's what's blowing my mind. My dad, and I'm glad they do because I want him to be healthy, obviously. But the fact of the matter is, you work at a, like a health place, and they're not even doing that for you. It's it's a very frustrating thing, and and yeah, I got no mind bringing it out, airing it out on the show. I'll bury him. Yeah, <laughs> it's the right place to do it, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, it's it's very unnerving. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, what it is, but I, I mean, they're taking precautions. It's as as best as they can. Anybody showing signs of sickness, but um, yeah. Here, let me read off what we got left of a card. I guess right now, because it's just all over the place. Uh, Rhea, uh, Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. Intra- what? Yeah, Flair went back down for NXT. Apparently, she did. I huh. will say she didn't go down. She stayed level. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. NXT nice. is pretty freaking great. <laughs> no, you're right. That's you're true. Right. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Congratulations, Drew McIntyre, in the first WrestleMania main event. Uh, Goldberg, Braun Strowman, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's title. John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Bailey, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Taker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Uh, this one's obviously just up in the air. The Morrison, uh, John Morrison and The Miz versus To Be Determined. Uh, Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Austin Theory is filling in for Andrade. Um, he isn't at he's at the NXT level, but uh, those two teams are competing for the uh, Raw Tag Team Championship. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Elias versus King Corbin. And Edge versus Randy Orton, the only match on this car that I really gave a crap about. So, uh, yeah, that's that's your WrestleMania. Two days uh, spread across two days, but uh, oh man, yeah. I don't know what to say. Nuts. I don't know either, man. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, <laughs> well, here's here's the I think here's the big question, right? Like with everybody else under the sun, uh, you know, putting off. They're, I mean, NBA, you know, is suspended. The MLB suspended all these that are doing this. Do you feel that WrestleMania should do the same? Uh, it's kind of a weird thing for them because obviously they would make more money if people could show up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so to me, it kind of seems like right now they're just kind of forcing it to happen because it always happens. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. At this point, yeah, you postpone it. Tampa misses out on WrestleMania um, completely. You can't just reschedule it. You just kind of have to go to the following year. Uh, WrestleMania 37 all eyes on that. So uh, a lot. It does change some things uh, with the with the flow of storylines and whatnot. But I mean, at this point, it's I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think this is a bit of Vince McMahon trying to force something. Uh, you know, that shouldn't be done. Show must go on. I get it. Uh, and at first I was all about it for the distraction, but this is just, it's, it's, it's fallen. So it's, it's falling way shorter than the new expectations that have been laid out for us. Yeah. Uh, it, it might be just worth it to stop, give the wrestlers a break. They work for mm-hmm. you 200, 250 to 300 days a year. Give the wrestlers a break. Let yeah, go and we're and we're in a yeah we're in a day and age now where it's not like if they disappear off TV, uh, that's the end of their career. They're not going to make money. I mean, with technology the way it is, and the way everyone's utilizing these live video streams now because of of quarantines, um, these guys are uh, listen. They're smart, and and you know wrestlers they know what to do. They know how to hustle and how to make that money. You know, and if it changes, if it means changing your gimmick a little, and instead of going out and cutting promos in the middle of a ring where everyone's surrounded by you, and maybe you start something through social media video, I mean, there's still ways for them to be relevant uh, for when everything hopefully picks up back again and we can all reconvene around the squared circle. You know what I mean? But right now, it's these guys can, they, they don't need to do that. It's not necessary. Even AEW, I'm enjoying what they're doing, and I feel like they're doing it better to the empty crowd than the E, but. 
Okay, I haven't seen the E, but I've, from what I've heard, uh, you know, it still isn't necessary. They can all take a break and continue to what, do what they do on on this digital level. You know what I mean? No, one hundred percent. I think E needs it. Um, I think E should the E should do that more than AEW should. Uh, personally, AEW is still young and upstart. Yeah, they do have a good digital following, but uh, for WWE, that it's very well known that they run their workers from the ground. And that's going to be the next subject I talk about in a, in a moment. Um, it's very, very well documented how much they put their performers to work. There is no off season. If you get hurt, that's your time off. But if you get hurt, you're at risk for losing your job. Just yeah, or you just have to add it on to the end of your contract when you're ready to get exactly. Out. So. Uh, so yeah, so that's I mean it, I I say just give them a break, give them a break. Yeah, start fresh. Maybe help the demand for your product a little bit more. I think that's been I mean this isn't helping the WWE's oversaturation of pro wrestling over the last five years. It has it's been oversaturated. No matter what way you want to look at it, uh, too much of something is, you know, it can be a good thing, but uh, in I think it's it's run its course. You gotta you gotta make people want it and miss it. And right now, people yeah. are just not in the want it or miss it uh, thought process when it comes to WWE's productions. Uh, uh, you know, it's just yeah. Give them a break. That's all I can say. Yeah, they learned nothing from WCW Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I did see? I did see praise for something that I think uh, this break in live professional wrestling is is actually a good thing. Um, did you see, I think it was this past weekend, ESPN uh, replayed WrestleMania 30? Yes. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, I saw different headlines from all over the place, people saying how, how good it was and how much people enjoyed it. And then I started noticing people that I follow on Twitter who have never tweeted anything about wrestling we're talking about wrestling. So why not use this time to start exposing people to some of the greatest matches of all time in the history of wrestling? You know, not just the the stuff we have now. Let's bring them back to those old NWA days. Let's bring them back to, you know, uh, the Von Erich days. Let's bring them. Let's show them, you know, um, I don't know, some of the great like let's show them the Steamboat Flare trilogy. Let's do that. Put these things out in place of you know, the live, what we can't do live at the moment. And I think that will help uh, keep wrestling, you know, in the spotlight, keep keep the, the hunger for those that love that. But it'll also kind of bring back people who remember that so that when we do come back out of it, they'll they'll be apt more to check out something they didn't check out before, you know? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree. But uh, also at the same time, what if they do that? And the people are like, "All right, I can't wait to see this product now." And then they just hate what it is now. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You're not gonna. The unfortunate thing about it is you're not gonna please everybody. Um, so that is what it is. But uh, moving away from all that, moving away from all that. Yeah. This morning, uh, at the time of recording, uh, a new, brand new episode of Talk Is Jericho was released, and I found it very, very uh, insightful. And it featured AEW's newest, uh, newest superstar, the exalted one, Brody Lee. And it was well, well worth a listen. I, I encourage anybody who's listening to us to go give that a listen, make an effort to do so. Uh, Brody is a, somebody who I know, I've known personally for about 10 years now. I actually had the opportunity to wrestle him in a pro wrestling ring and somebody who uh, was very, very misused in the world in world wrestling entertainment. So for sure, you could go back and listen to all of our our po- episodes where we're like, where the hell is he? Luke Harper? Why are they not using him? Like this is a travesty. <laughs> oh yeah, we get legit mad, and like he was just as mad as we were. That's the that's yeah. the funny thing about it. Uh, it was very very insightful, inf- blah, insightful to his last like year year and a half with the company. Uh, does he bury Does he bury Vince, or or, or is it kind of a roundabout it's way? A roundabout. He was he, you know he he bury. I'm not gonna say he straight up buries Vince, but he's very critical of how. Uh, the the entire process, like the creative process, goes there. He said that he, him, and like Vince have had conversations about, like human conversations, not about wrestling that were really, really well. Uh, but from a creative standpoint, it was just, uh, it just, it's, it's chaotic over there. He said he pitched things and pitched things over and over again, and they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll we'll try and put it in the plan. And he talks about he talks about the southern accent story. Talk, oh, talks man. about the southern accent story, so it's 100% legit. Uh, he, he 
It's a very, very revealing podcast. You get to kind of see where his psyche was, you know, that last year where we were, we were wondering, what is it? You know, he's just too many starts, uh, start stops, and it's hard. You can't build up momentum that way. Uh, and, yeah, every just people were trying to help him out. Like, he, he spoke very highly of Daniel Bryan in that podcast, uh, you know, as far as, you know, trying to help him get work when he was down and out. But, um, yeah, he just... He was saying the original, the first time, because remember when the news broke that he first uh, asked for his release and then WWE denied it? Uh, they straight up told him, yeah, we're not going to grant you that because we don't want to give the uh, the idea to people and our stockholders that, that wrestlers don't want to come here. So they, that's what they straight up told him. That was a little tidbit that I learned. And then, they, of course, they eventually let him go and uh, it was November or December, but very, very insightful. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one, you know, I, I've, I've seen all the, the in-ring stuff uh, as much as I can. I've gotten as much enjoyment out of in-ring stuff as I can, but I love when the curtain gets pulled back and you get to find out what's going on behind the scenes in those meeting rooms. Uh, I love a good shoot interview, and this was very, very well done. Jericho is an excellent interview host. Uh, if you've never heard him talk before on his podcast, go check it out. But this was a uh, very good flow, very, very good flow to this episode. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. I like his show. I listen to it a lot. Oh, yeah. He has some great guests on. Great. I mean, not even just pro wrestlers. He just all people from all walks of life, and he does a very great job uh, at hosting them. Yeah, he even dives into the history creeps realm sometimes. <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, so, yeah, top of the line podcast, top of the line episode. Uh, if you care about Brody Leaf, uh, you know you just—it's—it's it's worth your time. It definitely is. It's only like an hour, uh, so go check it out. Nice. You guys see anything else recently? Anything new? Uh, w- anything dark? Anything dark? <laughs> it's like a hit to get something. Uh, yeah. Transition. Good transition. Uh, <laughs> undoubtedly so. Uh, this past week, the second part of the. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Chris Benoit story came out, and I thought the first one was rough, but uh, that second one was twisted. Bro, dude. I re- yeah, I, uh... <clears throat> yeah, I think real quick before we dive into it, uh, spoilers ahead, obviously. Oh, yeah. uh, if you don't know the story, um, I think most people who are listening to this probably at least know of the story of what happened with the the Benoit's unless uh, the, tra- uh, uh, the tragedy unless the um, E is getting what they wanted out of it with without you know any ma- basically wiping him from history that a lot yeah. of newer we'll, kids we'll, might we'll, not know who he is we'll discuss that too yeah, I think it's sure. important to discuss that but uh so if you haven't watched it you can go see them vice uh put both parts up on YouTube so you can go watch them uh it's I thought it was fairly well done and I also like that it it, it made sure to kind of look at it from uh not just uh you know Chris Benoit's standpoint but from his wife's standpoint so from woman's standpoint as i say from Nancy's uh they they it seemed to me they made a point to to point out that she was involved with this too cuz she kind of gets you know she kind of gets lost in the shuffle in a way uh of this senselessness even though she was the one who was you know that happened to uh but uh so if you haven't watched it uh i think we all three recommend it uh, go give it a go give it a watch and then come back to this. Yeah, one hundred percent. Make make formulate your own opinions uh, on it. But yes. let's. I mean, Chris, start off with you. Uh, I mean, we are. I think we've already talked about the first part. I think we talked about the first part yeah. last week. Uh, I think we kind of touched on the fact that they were doing it and we watched it. But I think, I think we didn't really get too in depth and in deep on it. And and so just a kind of a, an overview. Uh, Chris Benoit was a Canadian wrestler who uh, in the late 80s and into the 90s, or was it just 90s and 2000s? I can't even remember. Was he in the 80s, late 80s? He did late 80s, I think. Yeah, I think it would be super late 80s, I believe. Yeah, Uh, you know, he was was coming up uh, in Canada, out in Japan. Um, I believe he also wrestled in Mexico a little bit. Uh, But he was considered one of, like, the greatest technical wrestlers right like he's like when you look back aside from everything else and the the idea that they're trying to wipe it away if you truly look back at the man's body of work every single person will attest to the fact that he bled wrestling he devoted his life to it devote and and when i say devoted his life to it it was it, it was about 
the art of it, you know, knowing it, being like living and breathing and eating it. And so much so that uh, on this show, they talk about that there was something that had happened in a match. I believe it was between he and Chavo Guerrero. And uh, like he slipped up and did something that he wasn't supposed to do. And it wasn't like it messed up the match or anything or did anything weird. But at the end of the match, uh, they're, they're in the back and he's back there doing 300 squats or something like that. 500, asking, like, 500. Doing? Yep. 500 squad what are you doing this for because because i messed up the match You're like well who's making you do it You're like nobody's this is what i have to do and that that shows you right he punished himself because he wasn't perfect so he was one of these guys and everyone will say that and everyone will there's no denying when you watch any of his matches uh some of the greatest matches are with eddie guerrero um it's there's no denying one of the greatest of all time honestly one of the greatest of all time um, but unfortunately, you know, uh, as, as does with a lot of the older guys and the older stories, uh, the road life was hard, you know, drugs, alcohol, uh, injuries, it, it all led up to a tragic end basically. But I, yeah, ha- it's always, it's always kind of weird to discuss like how good somebody was when they've done something so appalling. Um, I definitely think it's important to say that he was definitely uh, just from a wrestling standpoint, one of the top ones. But also, I think it's 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 important to say that we we are not glorifying him in any way. Uh, no, you know it's be it's almost it's almost the same as saying yeah Hitler did all those bad things, but he was a he was an okay painter. No, you know? I, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to like there's a uh, a mature thing that people lack sometimes. I think you you have to be able to look past. Yes, he was a horrible. Yeah. What he did was horrible, but to to, to uh, unforgivable. unforgivable. Yeah, but right. You can't. I want to talk deny about his history. In a pro wrestling ring, like I know WWE tries to shield people from it and pretend he never existed, uh, but his body of work you can't you can't deny it, it's it is undeniable it, it really is and, yeah. and that's uh, a lot of people just can't handle uh, certain things yeah. like that when it, when it comes to anybody uh, you know I, I see it in pro football all the time with Michael Vick uh, what he did off the field absolutely atrocious uh, but. He was a fantastic and amazing football player. Uh, so I, I try to t- I tend to focus on their body of work versus the personal life that I never really truly knew. It's uh, the, I, I want to kind of uh, touch on this too. So um, not to get too in depth, but you know, uh, if you know the, the Benoit story, you know the tragic end. If you don't, what ended up happening was he ended up, you know, murdering his child, murdering his wife, and then committing suicide. Um, they found originally and i remember this like i remember when it happened and i remember the whole roid rage thing and that being steroid i remember all of it everything they showed like when vince was on the news and all that i remember that but i didn't i hadn't i like it was almost like i stopped following it at a certain point but i do remember that slight thing towards the end when it started to come out that a lot of this could have been cte a lot of the brain damage that he had been experiencing so I wanted to discuss that. I wanted to know what you guys thought, because when you say that, you say, you know, it, you can acknowledge this body of work, uh, but the guy was a complete trash. And he wasn't the greatest guy because you find out, you know, that there were times when he and his wife had issues. He had problems with alcohol and drugs. Uh, but it seems that what all these things are pointing to are these are things aside from. I was going to say it was out of his control, but it's not out of his control. He knew it. They, they actually make a point to talk about in this film how uh, the inventor of the flying headbutt, uh, Harley Race, says, don't do it. Like, this is not good for you. It's fucking up your spine. It's fucking up your head. Don't do it. It's not good for you, right? Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid does it anyway, right? Yep. And Benoit sees him thinking, I want to do this. Dynamite Kid says, don't do this. Not good for you. Fucking your head up. Benoit does it anyway. The idea is, is though that there wasn't an understanding when you say it fucks it up. You're you're thinking, oh, you know what? If I'm stiff when I'm old, I'll deal with that, right? Or if I, the chances of me paralyzing myself, I, I love this sport and the performance so much, I'm going to take that chance. But what they're not thinking about is the brain because they didn't understand that. And so what we see in this film is that they talk about that and they talk about that that really a lot of his actions and even before that, uh, and you're talking of years before that, um, a lot of his actions were were technically not him because the chemical makeup in his brain changed based on all that damage. There's the his son David talks about that. He constantly says that wasn't my father. The person who did that wasn't my father. Yeah. So it's for me, it's hard to see that side of it where we call him complete trash anyway, right? No, like you we can can't. look at it Harvey was, Weinstein. Yeah. We see Harvey Weinstein who does these things knowingly over and a, a period piece of, of time. Shit. Yeah. 
Exactly. Or, or, you know, whether you believe it or not, people who think Michael Jackson molested kids, you see that and that's not okay. And that's not brain damage. But when you see something like this, where the actual science shows you that the brain literally was deteriorating and, and it was parts of the brain that once those are gone, you're just not you. And it's so hard to understand because it would be like me, you, you me, Matt talking one day. And then all of a sudden, Johnny's not Johnny. Do you know what I mean? He's there, his body, his voice, everything's the same, but it's definitely not him. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, I think this is tough. If you're trying to be mature about this conversation, just yeah. because like, I totally understand what you're saying, but at the same time, the thing, the act that he did was so terrible. That right. He, it's almost like you're trying to give excuses for no, it. No, not at all. When when you're not, you're just trying to understand it. There's right. a difference. Right. Uh, but I don't know if some people were able to do that. Like I think some people are like, well, they did this, so then you know they're just per trash. We don't need to understand. Right. It. right. I get. Uh, I totally get that. I don't know. I guess yeah. for me, it's the, uh, you know. He was. He was. He's still considered one of the greatest wrestlers. I have no problem saying his name and saying that to people. Uh, that doesn't mean that what he did. You know that I'm saying whatever because again. It's horrific house. It's so such a sad, sad thing, you know, Uh, and then you mentioned it too, Johnny. Unfortunately for his wife, she's tied to it this way that she can no longer be mentioned when she was such a pioneer for women. I mean, the literal name woman, you know what I mean? Like to have that strong kind of I'm a woman and I'm strong and I'm so much the woman that call me woman, you know, before Becky Lynch is the man. It's 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 woman. I mean, man. Yeah, she, that, that's the she's sad definitely, part as well. She's definitely in a tough spot, but I mean, what all, uh, a lot of things that I learned too. And obviously, the the CTE was definitely a a major factor. Uh, he yeah. was also had a steroid abuse problem, which I think. And, oh and the, my god! Uh, which adds to that. So his body was overloaded, absolutely overloaded with testosterone. All right, mm-hmm. add that with the CTE going. He's it's it's a recipe for disaster. Plus, yep. oh, uh, yeah, Eddie I, Guerrero's death. Right, oh, yeah, was that. That, yeah. that was the start of it, the end. He lost Eddie. Yeah, because they were really, really close. He lost Eddie, and they said that he was a different person after that. Uh, and and I, I don't know, he just he just changed. He became more obsessed. And I, there's a part of me, too, that like, I'm, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, that generation of a pro wrestler was very defined as the you know big guys big guys get the big spots yeah. big guys get the main events big guys make the most money they get the push they get the push that's what he was trying to that's what he was like obsessed about he, he that's why he kept abusing the steroids so he can keep being bigger and and hang mm-hmm. with these guys he was in i mean phenomenal shape but obviously for those reasons you know if if this were today's era chris ben, i can assure you chris benoit would uh would <laughs> still be alive if he had come if he was like he was like 20 years too soon if chris benoit yeah. was out in this era uh where guys Dude, both are more of them. naturally oh yeah absolutely if they were in this like natural like um you know this era where it's not about the big guys it's it's about it's the your, talent it's the talent it's your work rate none of this would have ever happened so i don't i'm not gonna blame the industry for it because that's just how it was but uh, Chris Benoit They're was just, part of the recipe, dude. It was. It was. He was 20 years just ahead of his time. He would have fit in perfectly uh, with this new generation. You think about a younger Chris Benoit from like WCW <sighs> rolling around with the likes of AJ Styles or uh, you know some of the top talent, Chris Benoit and Cody Rhodes. And, uh, you know what I mean? He, he's, he's still in shape. He was still in shape, uh, but he just wasn't this huge freak, you know, just athlete. Uh, that was way bigger than his body was meant. His mm-hmm. his frame was meant to handle. And it's the same with Eddie, man. Eddie, when you first see him starting out, and I mean, he still was a good in shape. Uh, but toward his later years, man, it was all about that bulk. It was about really trying to fill out so that they could be taken seriously. Because first, I mean, we saw WCW wasn't, and that's why they they made the jump. But I mean. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a sad thing. You're right. It, 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 it's it's not just the industry. It's not just steroids. It's not just this. It's all. It was almost like the perfect storm to come together and you know kind of destroy not just one but two men's lives, uh, and then all the people attached to them. Um, in this, we got to see his son. Who? Holy cow! Holy cow! How much he looks like his dad. Scary. Yeah, he really resembles him. Scary, yeah. scary, bro. If he put on some weight, 
holy cow. His dark, his, um, his dark, the dark around his eyes like scares the crap out yeah. of me. He just, and and it might be because he's Benoit's son, but he just he almost like looks yeah. evil. But he's actually a sweetheart. He's actually a really good. And yeah, kid. That, I've heard good things about him that, as a person. And that was Benoit too. He did have that look as well, and that's why he was scary. And then they added the name like the Crippler to his name or the Wolverine, and it was like. Don't yeah. mess with this dude, man, at all. I remember just being very intimidated by that that uh, you know that gimmick. Um, one of the things. Yeah, that, I wa- sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say since you talked about his son, I wanted to bring this up. Um, when while you're watching this entire thing, these two parts, uh, there's a couple people, in my opinion, who really come off very well. Oh, I was, that's exactly what I was getting yeah. into. Perfect. Yeah, uh, I would say his son's one of those because I think it's important to understand. Um, you know, like, or try to, cause, well, let me take it back. I don't think you can understand, but try to understand where that guy's coming from. That's still his dad. Yeah. And he was actually was very close to his brother and he was very close to his stepmom and he lost all those people in one weekend. Yep. You know, I couldn't even remotely imagine what that's like. Uh, and then, you know, and then he was talking about how he'd get bullied in school and stuff because <laughs> of what happened. So. Like like the kid needs that on top of that, and you know it can be easy. But the the eye opening part for me was when uh, he was asked who reached out to him afterwards, and he named two names, and there happened to be two names who were in this documentary, who reached out to him, and he said WWE or Vince never once did no, uh, which was very telling to me. I very, my, I was like, man, I knew it's one of those things where like you kind of figured, but you were hoping you were wrong, yeah, type of thing. But uh, yeah, um. Chavo Guerrero Jr. comes off very well in this, in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, there's a scene toward the end where, uh, you know, the son, uh, you know, Benoit's son's breaking down, and he's in the same room with Chavo, and who's the first one up to console him? It's Chavo. Yeah. Uh, and I thought Jericho came off very well, too, because Dude. it's because of Jericho that... This uh, whole thing happened. That Benoit... Yeah, that the whole thing happened, and he kind of reunited... The families, uh, the families, in a way, because they hadn't spoken to each other. That apparently, if you if you're watching it, both sides thought the other side hated each other, uh, and it turns out that you know because of this, then uh, you know a, a nephew and an aunt get to actually spend time together now. Yeah. So man, I, there's so many good parts of it. That it's it's tough when something is so terrible when there's a tragedy uh, going on. But also think in those times we really need to look at what the, um, like how people react to it because you also get some, you'll get some uh, some angels as they like to say, dude, that kind of come out of it. I'll tell you, I didn't think I, I already like Chris Jericho body of work. Yeah, you know already when we discuss guys like Benoit and say greatest of all, Jericho's right up there. You know the the yeah. guy has we've oh, we've touted his you know his greatness in how he's reinvented himself over the decades. Uh, I didn't think I could like him more. I listened to his podcast and I knew this is a guy I'd like to talk to, like literally talk to. This he sounds so like a, like a good cool dude, right? And then I see this and I'm like, okay. So I mean, we're just we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna nominate him for sainthood, right? Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like this dude is it, yeah. oh, man. Chris Jericho went up like seven more levels in my book. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did yeah, a good same. job narrating that whole thing. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he did narrate narrate that whole entire. Right. Uh, show and it was just it was just very very well done. I also know the guy who played uh, Chris Benoit in the like the skits. They blacked out his face, but they kind of gave him like a little edge. Um, you know they they lit around his edge. Tyson Dukes, he's a wrestler out of uh, Canada. He used to be on Ring of Honor for a little while, but he's been around. He's been in wrestling for a long time, but he actually got to play uh, Chris Benoit for those like silhouette esque. Uh, you know, in between transitional videos, like inside the ring and and all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, he he looked he looked the part, and he was pretty uh, and he was pretty ecstatic about it on Twitter to be able to kind of reprise that the the wrestler uh, Chris Benoit in some form or fashion. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was powerful, man. This is I mean, this is going to be a good season of of Dark Side. Uh, of the ring. I got to say to what you, to what you were just saying there, real quick. Uh, they do a great job of casting people because all the people that we see that are playing these characters, these uh, people in, in, on the show, uh, you don't see them clearly. It's always blurred. It's it's just off of uh, uh, off of um, focus. But 
the way it looks, I mean, the, the, the physiques, the hair, the, the mannerisms, everything about them so far from every episode I've seen, I have not seen one that looks weird. You know what I mean? No. Even like Macho Man, like when they had Macho Man on there and Hulk Hogan right. and stuff, it literally looked like it could have been those guys. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that they kind of make it where you can't see their faces and stuff. Yeah. It's almost like a silhouette you're watching that really, to me, makes it way less hokey. You it can feels like you're looking it. at a memory. I, I, I felt yeah. like I was like looking at them. I could like I was like, like I, can kinda, yeah. I can kind of see Chris Benoit's face right now, but I can't quite. And then when I found out Tyson Dukes uh, played him, then I was like, oh. Okay, now I can see his face completely. It's it's really weird, but it like it just excellent, <laughs> it is. amazing lighting and production uh, on that. It was oh, very sure. very well done. I agree. Yeah. Uh, also, real quick, there is a after the it was like an after show for it. Um, it's also on YouTube. That Vice puts out, uh, and it, this one it was Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Tommy Dreamer were both guests on it. Uh, and Ben Kissel, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a really good podcaster. Does less podcast on the left. He's a comedian, oh, yeah. but he's also he's also a giant wrestling fan. So he was on there as well. Uh, it's very very good. It's a good little discussion. And Tommy Dreamer brought up some really good stuff in there, so I recommend it as well. I mean, it's only like twenty minutes long. Sweet sweet. I mean, we have the time, right? There's a lot of stuff that we have time to watch <laughs> yes. now, so yeah. I'm definitely gonna yeah. check that out uh, as well as some other stuff. So I ended up getting. I, the- I'm I'm also. Strangely, because they 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 gave a preview of what the next episode is going to be on that after show. Uh, oh, what is you, it? You, the next one's New Jack. Oh, oh my no. god! Oh no! I am beyond. Uh, I'm very curious how they're going to do this one. Well, you know what? New know, Jack is New Jack's one of the ones they're interviewing. He's they show him being interviewed. Geez, I was going to say, you know, he's just not going to give a shit anyway. He's not going to care. He's like, yeah, I tried to kill that guy. Uh, I don't yeah, care. Yo, all right. Here's a little challenge for you guys. Uh, Art of Wrestling podcast, <laughs> Cole Cabana interviewed New Jack about six, seven years ago. Go listen to that Ooh. before you watch this. Uh, it is okay. hilarious. It is oh, wild. Uh, you learn a lot about his messed up childhood and, and everything in between. So go check that one out before. Uh, I'm sure it's archived somewhere. But, yeah, seven, oh, six, sure. six, seven years ago it came out. I remember listening to it on the way to a show in Canada Uh Went to, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe some of the stuff coming out of his mouth. But, yeah, uh, so that's something <laughs> wow. to look forward to. There we go. There we go. Um, I don't know, man. I guess that's that's all I have to say on this. At the end of the day, I, I choose to recognize his body of work, recognize his, his hard work. In, uh, and, again, we're not going to say he was a great man because – no one is, you know, everyone's going to have faults and your faults might be a little bit more tarnished than what most people. Uh, so I, you can't be held on a pedestal. It's not realistic to do that to oh, a human, but it's tough. It's tough. Cause I kind of think we all do this. I know I'm guilty of this. Yeah. We kind of pick and choose yeah. which people we want to recognize the work and not what they did. Uh, you know, like in other words, we can say, Hey, I'll recognize what Chris Benoit's body work was. Um, uh, and then we'll turn around and say, you know, that, you know, uh, we won't do the same for somebody else when they did something else right. that was that was horrible. Right, like Hitler, like like for like comparisons for like Hitler, Hitler, a military genius, like a military genius. But yeah, at, that's an extreme it, example. It but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so it's it's kind of tough for me to separate when it comes to any of this stuff. It's very, I mean, even if like I love wrestling, uh, maybe it's easier for me to not separate this because I was never a Benoit fan growing up. Oh, see, yeah, I was. I, I, I really liked him a lot. I was until I went to go meet him one day. I went to... Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Uh-oh. 2007, they came to Buffalo, and Benoit did a signing at the Boulevard Mall, and the person in front of me was the last person that got to say hello and take a picture with him. Uh, I went up, and it was it was just sign the autograph and go. It was right person right in front of me. It was the last one that they actually stayed and talked to and took a picture of. I was so pissed. Uh, oh. I was a huge Benoit Mark uh, before that. Uh, so yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's just kind of tough um, if you're able to separate the two. Yeah. Cause what he did was so apprehensive, uh, man. Because I mean, he, he not only destroyed his own life, but I mean, there's there was some. Parts of the case that I actually had forgotten about, like I'd forgotten that he'd actually stayed in the house. Yeah, I forgot with that him too. for for a couple of days before he took his own life. I mean, how 
deranged as that, you know. Yeah. I mean, th- that does speak to that, right? It speaks to not being yeah. the right person. That's just not you. They're, your brain's already messed up that it's, you're operating on a different level. We can't even come close to comprehension. We wouldn't understand what that means. We just don't, you know. And maybe it's good that we don't. Right. No, no <laughs> kidding. If, if we're okay yeah. with that, then that's not okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like, I, I, I'm not going to fault somebody for wanting to recognize how well, how important he was to actual wrestling because when it comes to just actual wrestling, uh, obviously he was a major part of it. You can't take that away. I mean, it's it's a part of the history there. I agree, yeah. But at the same time, uh, I just personally find it hard to even – like, I'm okay with – with WWE kind of not even recognizing him. I'm okay with that. No, see, I can't do that. You still have to reference the matches, right? Because how can you look at it and say, oh, you know what? One of the greatest matches of all time was Eddie Guerrero against the air. Uh, yeah, they don't even touch that one. Another one, too, and then it's put a and stain. Come on. Uh, Randy Orton's first world title win. They will not. Sh- yes. That, those, they've actually uh, gone. They're showing Benoit now. They're not showing his face, but they'll show him. Uh, but not, they won't mention his name at all. Uh, they'll show like a vi- him for a very split second, just Orton getting the pinfall, and that's that's all they will show um, of it. So it's it's so tough because at the same time we'll turn around and we'll say, and I understand what you guys are saying, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but at the same time we'll turn around and we'll say like when there's one of these terrible mass shootings, and then the media just talks about that person left and right, right. and they're getting all the fame that they wanted in the first place. Yeah, uh, I mean it's a different situation yeah. obviously, yeah. but it's kind of the same. Uh, where we're kind of you know talking about the person and saying here they are here they are here they are, uh, and yeah. we, you know so it, it's it's really weird and tough. But I think you don't. I don't. I think you the, the way you do it is you don't go out of your way to celebrate, but you don't deny either. You don't just pretend like nothing happened. You know you have to you have to look at it in the face and say this was something that ended it tragically, unfortunately. Uh, but what we do have are when he was putting out this product, and now we're not looking at this product to say, "Look at this great guy," and thank God he went home and did that. We're looking at this I product think, in this moment as part of history and what it means to the sport itself. You know, I feel it would be better if they would recognize it and use it as a teaching moment yes. for younger people, as in uh, because of maybe because of all these headshots and all the steroids and stuff. Uh, you know, that's part of what may have been a part of this and then we're trying to learn from that and be better yep you know than that so another tragedy like this doesn't happen uh but man it like it's just so tough for me like if this had been somebody else who i was a big fan of maybe i'd be in the same boat as you as as you chris and be you know wanting them to, to still kind of be there in the history yeah so you know it's really easy for me to say since i'd never if I'm being brutally honest, I was way more Eddie Guerrero guy than I was Benoit guy. <laughs> well, yeah, um, obviously that's that's that goes without saying, dude. And I'm not just saying that now because it's that's the popular thing to say now with what happened. But, oh no, I was a fan uh, back then, dude. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I know a lot of people were. I mean, he, I mean, he was a huge. I mean, a lot of people were marks for him. If you love wrestling, I mean, I he he was kind of like the for me, and you know, I'm a big NBA guy. Like he was, he's sort of like the Kobe Bryant. I mean, that's an another tragedy but uh you know kobe bryant was a guy who uh i recognized as an obvious future hall of famer when he was playing i mean the guy was so freaking good but i just hated his guts yeah (laughs) because of how you know cocky he was and his you know and how like i hated the fact that when he was being cocky he could back it up too Uh, i just hated that i was way more of a tim duncan guy you know you would never know uh what tim duncan uh was bragging or not you just wouldn't know because he didn't do it uh but that doesn't change the fact that Kobe Bryant still hall of famer doesn't take it away at all uh he's still one of the best that ever played the game and when you turn out to wrestling it gets more weird because of what you know that person did at, at the end of their life so it makes it very different and weird and strange and I don't think there's a Right way and a wrong way. The only way I think it's wrong is if you're going around and just like glorifying the act that he did. And none of us are doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. What do you think, Matt? Where are you at? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've said all I had to say uh, for uh, for this. Right. So I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation because we've never really we've mentioned it in passing, but we, we, you, the three of us, have never like sat down and had a conversation about this turning point in in pro wrestling. Uh, and I think this mm-hmm. was definitely worth, from a listener's perspective, I think it was definitely worth their time. Uh, I'm sure they've heard, you know, millions of conversations. But for us, if you're a diehard fan of this podcast, uh, we've never really sat down and talked about uh, this this moment that just, yeah, it changed everything. 
Yeah, Chris Chris says it on the show itself, Chris uh, Jericho, that um, not only did he bury this this amazing career he had, like he almost buried wrestling. Like this almost put wrestling out yeah. of business because of the whole you know yeah. steroid thing, and it gave a lot of negative light to the business itself. So um, it is, it's a sad thing, but it's something that does have to be discussed. Like you said, Matt, it's a turning point. It was something that changed the face of wrestling, uh, you know, and we would hope that it increased, you know, the. Uh, the anti-doping policies and the and the the regular checks. We know that that's not always the case, but you know when these things happen, yeah. it's, it's it's it changes it for the I good think, too. I think they're doing a better job. Yeah, I'm not saying they're doing a great job, but I think they're doing a better job of especially the head stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can't even just do anymore in WWE that involves getting hit in the head, which I think is great. I really want AEW to do the same. Uh, when they were taking headshots and there were chairs on there, I really cringe now. I don't like it. Uh, put your hand up at least for crying out loud, Cody. Uh, you know, uh, but um, so I really frown on that when anybody's doing that, and it's and we need to learn from these things. That's that's the what we can take from this. This horrible thing happened. Let's learn from it, yeah, so it doesn't happen again. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Oh, uh, there you go. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Check out Dark Side of the Ring. If you've not seen it, check out Season 1. We talked a little bit about it last time. Uh, and then Season 2 just started, the two-parter with the Chris Benoit story, which... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that real quick. Go back and watch the uh, the Montre- Montreal Screwjob one. It's very good. Oh, that's... They're all really good. I really enjoyed that yeah. whole first season. It was really, really good. I learned some stuff, too, in there. Like, I knew some stuff yeah. about Moolah, but then a lot what I learned, I was like, holy cow, that's... Uh, now I get why even more, you know? <laughs> Um, yes, but there yeah. you go. So, uh, if you guys have nothing else, I'm done. I'm ready to get out of here. We could just take it home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real quick too. go find us on Facebook. We just added a Harley K Facebook page with interactions, game streams, and, and, uh, so much more. We're going to post our episodes to that regularly. So make sure you find us on Facebook, Harley K podcast. Heck yeah. Oh, you'll also see a picture. We've got enamel pins coming in. So uh, maybe next episode or the episode after we'll have information on how you can grab those. Get yourself a Harley Kayfabe enamel pin. Uh, they look pretty sweet. I like actually, uh, I like how they came out. Oh, man, they did a great job. Great job. They so, look awesome. Uh, there you go. Other than that, check out the website, BICBP-radio.com. Check out all the other podcasts on there. Make sure to support. Follow them on Apple uh, Podcasts and, and rate, like, subscribe. Do the whole Jimmy Gimmer Girl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, I fell apart there. Guys, I'm done. <laughs> I'm rolling out of the ring. Screw this job. Take it home, boys. Yeah.